This week's episode is sponsored by the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast. The host, Sam, is an entrepreneur, digital nomad, and freedom seeker. This podcast will introduce topics like remote work, passive income, and financial freedom all on your own time, anywhere you want to in the world. It's about truly living free, however that looks to you. So if you decided one day you wanted to pick up, take your remote work, and live in Fiji, you could and the freedom lifestyle podcast would show you how to do it would give you tips and tricks on how to do it and it would just make you feel like you're not an alien you know there's other people in the world that feels like this so if you want to learn to live the life that's courageously authentic and on your own terms check out the freedom lifestyle podcast every thursday anywhere you get your podcasts this is big dreams small pockets a business and lifestyle podcast where we take you on our journey of making our dreams a reality. Ashel is a full-time entrepreneur with a specialization in digital marketing. And Veli works a 9-to-5 job while managing her businesses on the side. If you want tips, tricks, and a good laugh, keep listening. Whether you're new or you've been listening from day one, we thank you for tuning in and ask you to share our podcast with your friends and business partners. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Here. And it's Belly, and welcome back to another episode of Big Dreams Big Small Dream Pockets. Pockets. Guys, I'm so excited for this episode today. We have a guest with us. So, so happy. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Sam La Liberty. I am calling in today from Porto Viejo in Costa Rica. So heads up, you might hear some chickens clucking in the background, <laughs> some roosters doing my best, but at least I have my podcast mic. So hopefully that'll help. No, it definitely does. We love that you're in Costa Rica, guys. You're giving us ambiance. Yes. <laughs> it's literally gold. It's literally what we want to see, feel, hear. That's everything about it. Today's episode, guys, is going to be about working from anywhere you want in the world and just feeling at ease about doing it, not feeling guilty about it, not feeling pressured. This We have a guru here who is a remote worker, and she is here to give us all the tips, tricks, tea, everything about her. I am really excited to shine a light on what this lifestyle is like. I've been working remotely now for over four years. And so I was doing it pre-pandemic, which a lot of the times now where I'm at the beach here in Costa Rica, I like to play beach volleyball at sunset and I'll chat with people. And a lot of people here are now remote workers. And I'll be like, oh, were you a remote worker before the pandemic? And most people are new remote workers. It's been really amazing to see just how much the last couple of years have accelerated the adoption of remote work and just how much more and more common it's become. Um, seeing the the transition over the last four and a half years has been amazing. No, that's such a beautiful thing. And I, I really do think the pandemic is what kind of sparked this feeling in everybody. Like, you know, you know, why? Why do we have to go to the office? Why can't we just do all the productivity right from our homes or from a beach in Costa Rica? So honestly, you're not new to this. You're true to this is really what you just said. Just letting everybody know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I've been wanting this to be my lifestyle for a while. And my journey actually starts with me just kind of not accepting the traditional office life. Like I had a normal job, the 40 hours in the office where I could see you and it just never worked for me. I just thought, you know, there was so much more to be gained from allowing your employees to have more of a remote or flexible work structure, whether it's just from working from home one day a week or from getting to, you know, go to Costa Rica. And instead of just the classic seven day vacation where there's just so much pressure on that one week, the weather got to be right. I have to have perfect accommodations. If you can be here for a month or so really takes the pressure off and remote work allows us to do that where we can sustainably work in these places you know, maintain our lifestyle and not just be this one week a year where we get to maybe leave our hometown. Exactly. Now you mentioned you, you had a a traditional job before. What did you do? Yeah, I was in sales. So I had been working for various startups, tech startups, early stage in a sales capacity and was, was pretty good at it. I was making great income. Like, I'm not sure if either of you have ever had a sales job, but you know, that commission is nice. It's great to have that stable paycheck. It's great to be rewarded if you work harder, if you're getting better at your job. So I really did enjoy the type of work I was doing. It was more just the environment and the working restrictions that I had to always be in the office. And I arbitrarily had to be there from nine to five. All of these things didn't really make sense for me with the type of role and the type of work I was doing. Okay. So take us through the moments leading up to you actually making this decision to work fully remote on your own, because now it's such a a common thing to say, oh, I'm working from home that people don't really second guess it um, or question you in any way. But prior to the pandemic, it was such a taboo thing because it, you know, a lot of employers pushed it. That's not something that can be done. So what was it that what was the defining moments that really made you say, yeah, no, this is not only a thought, not an idea, but I'm actually going to make this a reality. Yeah. Mine actually starts as a love story, which is (laughs) really cute. So the the gentleman that you saw walk by before the call, (laughs) that is my now fiance, my then boyfriend. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We We were long distance. He was in San Francisco, California, working at Uber's headquarters, big tech company out there. And then I was in Toronto, Canada, working at a small tech startup. And so we were a five hour flight away and it was getting very expensive flying back and forth between California, Toronto. The visits were so short. It would basically be like five nights on a good trip. And I kept asking my boss, you know, Uber has this massive office in San Francisco. They don't mind if I'm there with my laptop working. They have all these free snacks, you know, (laughs) can't I just work from there and extend my visit with my boyfriend for a few more days? And I was hit with resistance every time. No, 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 no. Even though You know, I was using a software tool where they could see how many calls I was on every day. I was going to get fired if I didn't, if I wasn't successful anyway. And so there was a lot of transparency in terms of, you can see I'm working. And then if I'm not successful, you're going to fire me, whether I'm in the office or in San Francisco. So I thought it was an easy ask, but they just kept saying no. 
So the final moment was me just saying, I'm not going to lose this amazing relationship over this job. And so that was the catalyst for me. That's awesome. So it sounds like you chose you. (laughs) That's really what it boiled down to. Yeah. Both of you guys. Yeah. I chose the relationship and it it worked out. We were early stage. We had only been dating for four months, but it was just one of those relationships where I just... I could tell that this was it and I wasn't going to compromise that over a job. And so I couldn't get a visa to work in the United States. It's pretty hard as a Canadian to go there. And so remote work was the next best option. So it started with me figuring out how could I extend my visits to San Francisco, California, knowing I can't have a job there, but if I had a remote job, then I could just work from anywhere. So it started off with just doing like freelance, anyone who would hire me to do a project where I can do it from anywhere was how it all started. Wow. I do freelance too. That's what kind of how I started my business. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Like what freelance services would you offer? Like if I wanted to hire you for something, what would it be for? Mm -hmm. At the beginning, it was anything. I was like, what can I monetize as a skill (laughs) I have? And the bar was just, let me do it from anywhere. And of course, over the last four and a half years, that's really evolved in terms of, okay, well, what kind of services do I enjoy to offer? What kind of services pay more than others? And what can I leverage to turn into an actual business? So it's not just a one woman freelancer anymore. I would consider myself more of a, you know, a boutique agency where I have a couple other contractors I'm working with and it's more of a team. And so the services that I'm offering now is podcasting services. So I can help people launch a podcast. I can help people produce their podcast. I can help people monetize their podcast and various ways. And so that's my niche now. But at the beginning, it was very exploratory. I was doing like social media management. I do copywriting here and there. I would do sales consulting, like anything that I could do to monetize as a freelance gig that would allow me to work from anywhere was how it all started. I like that a lot. Um, I like it because you never know what you don't know. You, you know, you never know what you like until you try it out sometimes. And I think with each experience, it kind of gave you a little bit more like, mm, this is something I don't really want to go more into, or this is something I'm like, well, maybe I can try this this way, you know? So I really like the fact that even though it started off as, you know, I'll take what I can get, you built experience from it and you found your niche, you know? Yeah. So I was really awesome. Yeah. I think it comes from just having a really strong why for why you're doing it. And we always hear that with, if you're going to start a business or if you're going to do this, you know, what is your vision? What is your why? Because there were those days where I was writing copy. I was doing copywriting for like 10 cents a word and I'm vegan. And I had this client that wanted me to always talk about um, meat. It was a brand that had all of these meat products. And I was just freaking writing, copywriting about what to bring to the backyard barbecue. And I was like, what am I doing? I am writing about something that is not even aligned with my values. I'm getting 10 cents a word. But in those moments, I would say to myself, you're doing it from anywhere. And this was the vision. And this was the guide. And I didn't know how I would get to the stage I'm at right now, where I'm making way more money than I was making before. I'm doing work I enjoy doing, and it's totally aligned with my values. I knew this was possible. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I just had that vision, like drive me and that attitude of 
it's going to be a bit messy at the beginning and it's going to be a lot about learning and testing and trying. And I really think that helped me sustain this and not get discouraged that, you know, Oh, I'm not making enough money right now. Or like, this isn't that enjoyable. I could see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. So inspirational. Wow. Yeah, no, honestly, I needed to hear that. Right. Myself, <laughs> in a state where uh, the smallest hiccup sends me on a, a whole path of discouragement, sadness, bitterness, <laughs> like, oh my God, why did I start this? Like, I love that you kind of discovered what your actual niche is, because for me, that was um, uh, digital marketing. I was doing a bunch of different things and I still kind of do a little bit of everything through an uh, app called TaskRabbit. And um, I found out that the best and most lucrative thing for me to do would be the web design, graphic design, anything where I could be a full service or like you said, like a boutique kind of service spot. I love your verbiage, by the way. Um, I would say for the people that are struggling with like the, the first step of it, like where to go, what they really want to do, what would you give them like in terms of advice? Mm-hmm. Well, if the goal is to work from anywhere, what's really awesome is that you have a lot more options than we did prior. So when That's I was true. starting, you would often just hear that starting your own business was the only way to kind of have freedom, right? You need to create a new business. You need to have a novel idea, create a new product, create a new service. And for a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs for the freedom aspect, that can be really daunting because not everybody has that idea or that like problem that they want to solve in the world. And historically that's all we've been exposed to, right? Shark Tank, Dragon's Den, whatever country you're in, but it's about coming up with a business idea. It's got to be novel, get some funding, but now we have remote work. So now you can have a full-time job, which is what my fiance in the other room is doing. He is VP ops for a tech company. They are fully remote. They don't have an office, 40 countries around the world. He has that stable income. He has that team environment. He has that leadership opportunity, all the things he wanted, but he's in Costa Rica with me for three months. So we have remote work. We have starting a business, which has always been around entrepreneurship. And then we have freelance, which is kind of that hybrid where you're your own boss and you're setting your own terms and prices and you're creating your own products and services, but you're not like creating a whole business. You're still working within someone else's. And so the first step is kind of thinking about which one of those three routes do you want to take in your journey to work from anywhere or be a remote worker. And you kind of want to start with that. For a lot of people who are curious about freelance, an advice that I typically give is to look at a marketplace like Fiverr. You mentioned TaskRabbit. I'm not on TaskRabbit, but I'm a pro seller on Fiverr. And you can just go on there and you can just see all the different gigs that other people are offering and get a sense for, okay, hey, I know how to do that, or I could do that, or I could do that. And just start to list down the things that you have the skills that you could realistically offer as a service to and figure out what people are charging and start to just do some research on what are the skills you already have that you could monetize. Some people say I did this and it was kind of discouraging. Cool. No problem. We live in a world where you can literally teach yourself a skill and within a year, start offering that as a service. That is what I did. I did not go to school to be a podcast consultant. I do not have a mastering degree in audio engineering. I was just a girl with a mic who started a podcast five years ago. And 
people just started to ask me how I did that. So like you could also learn a new skill and start offering that as a service. So that's kind of where I would start. I love that. No, yeah, that's that, super that important. Was, and I think um, it's important to acknowledge that there are multiple routes into getting to that point. I think a lot of the times, you know, when, you know, when you first mentioned you can be an entrepreneur, you know, I think that was, like you said, the one of the main, if not only real option that you were taught, you know, even as a freelancer, it was something at least, you know, when for me growing up, it wasn't shunned, but it was something that seemed imaginary, like, oh, you're a freelancer. Okay, cool. But what does that mean? You know, what, what is it? You don't really meet, uh, you didn't really meet a lot of freelancers. So I like the fact that you're, you know, stating that there are so many different possibilities, so many different options, and it's so much easier today than it was, you know, when you started or when uh, somebody else started. Cause I think that's really important that there's just not one route to being able to control your time essentially and where you spend your time. Yeah, yeah no. we got options. I remember Googling freelance. <laughs> what is freelance? Yeah. Right. That's what I'm what saying. What does like, it mean to be a freelancer? Yeah, times it, have changed. Yeah. Now it's like you say that to someone, it's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. So now what do you do? You know, it gets into a whole different you know, conversation. And I think that's one thing I'm really grateful for today. The fact that, you know, the pandemic, again, was was horrible in all its ways. But the fact that today it's just so much more acceptable and so much more, I didn't want to say the word normalized, but it's encouraged to take back that time, take back, you know, the ability to say like, I want to do this from home or I want to do this from a different country. You know, I saw a lot of people during the pandemic, I'm here stuck in my, you know, New York home and I'm seeing people working from Paris, France. And I'm just like, how did you end up there? Like, how did you get there? (laughs) Like looking back now, I probably would have just booked the flight and just went exactly i think that's what it is it's the fear we have of taking that leap taking that plunge yeah you know the love story really was a catalyst for sam i don't know what what's going to be my catalyst but i always threaten it to myself like you just should pick up and move (sighs) just get up take a plane don't even care where probably to japan and (laughs) (laughs) like i'm so serious at this point so ready like i work 100 percent from home so it doesn't make sense for me to feel all these restrictions to stay in one box when I can go and be anywhere. Let Where this conversation be your catalyst. It, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember when uh, 2020 happened and yeah. so many of my friends were first working remotely. I think it was a really messy transition for a lot of people because working from home if you don't have a proper setup can be really challenging. And that's what we saw, right? Makeshift desks, working on our beds, not ergonomic environments, trying to manage maybe roommates or a partner also working from home, or maybe a family or a pet. If you have to just overnight create a pop-up office in your apartment or in your house, that was where very stressful for a lot of people. And I remember so many friends reaching out to me being like, I don't get what you like so much about this. Working from home is awful. I miss the office. I miss my perfect chair and like the great internet and all of these things and my colleagues. And I remember saying, just give it a minute because it is not about working from home. It is about working from anywhere. And once things open back up again, and once we don't have the pandemic and the virus and all of these things that are preventing a lot of people from traveling and, and literally canceling travel in a lot of places, 
it's going to shift to working from anywhere. And that's really when you're going to start to see the lifestyle benefits and sure, maybe you work from home and maybe you upgrade your office setup, which we saw a lot of people do, but when you can start to work from anywhere, that's when it's really going to open up opportunities for you. And you're going to maybe question whether you miss the office after all. I can tell you right now, I never once missed the office, not, not a day, not a second. My (laughs) house was at, was at times turbulent. And I was still, I was, I rather that, like, there was nothing about that office. And I think if anything, when I got that email stating that, how, you know, we're, we're looking to start back integrating back to the office. That's when I knew I had to leave. That's literally when I was just like, yeah, this I'm, I'm too used to working in a certain environment now that you guys will not bring me back into that office. And thank goodness that, you know, life happened as it should, that I didn't ever have to go back because I just... I couldn't, I I still struggle with the transition right now. Yeah, no, because there's so much different factors to actually going to work. It's the commute. It's the Mm -hmm. lunch breaks. It's the idea that your time is not your own. Like, that's kind of what this remote work does for everyone. For me in, in particular, I love my time. My time is worth so much money to me. I really can't. Yeah. <laughs> that 30 minutes in traffic, I could have been home doing something else. I could have been making money. I could have been doing something. Like, where was your first spot to go to? Mm. Well, the first spot was definitely San Francisco, right? I wanted to go see my man. Yeah. And so the first spot was like, let's extend the visit. So the first year looked a lot like just spending more time in San Francisco. But then my partner was just like, hey, this looks great. I also want this. And so he ends up quitting his job within a year of me starting this. And it's like, I want to be a remote worker too. So once we were the dream team, then it opened up a ton of opportunities. Our first big um, journey together was we did a four month backpacking trip in South America. Oh, and it was awesome. He prayed, love us. It was amazing. It really was. It was our first time being digital nomads. And I think at the beginning, I'm, I'm sure people listening who are new remote workers will, um, resonate with this where you basically want to just collect as many passport stamps as possible, right? You're like, I'm going to be in this country next week in this city, this week, this city next week. And that's what we did. And it was exhausting. It was, it's one thing to do that on vacation and to have your full day to do whatever you want. But if you're trying to work 20 to 40 hours a week, whatever that is, it's really hard to do that while traveling full time. And so now we do the like slow mad, instead of nomad. I'm not sure if you've heard that term, but we'll stay in a place for at least a month in Costa Rica right now. We're here for two months. Then we go to Mexico. And so (laughs) it's much more about being in the same place for a longer period of time. And that's been really cool too, because then you actually start to make friends. You have like your coffee shop you go to, maybe you, you know, join the local co-working shop and start to go to different events and you can really experience more of the culture in a place. So this is our third winter. Yeah, exactly. And so Costa Rica is our spot. This is our third winter here and we already booked next winter. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's amazing. It's so beautiful here. I love that you mentioned like, you know, kind of going all around and not having real super structured is really exhausting because it is, you know, even when I'm on vacation, sometimes I'm exhausted because you're always on the go for something. But if you're trying to actually build a life where you feel comfortable going anywhere, why not spend six weeks, eight weeks somewhere? I think that's perfect. 
that's a perfect amount of time to get the full culture. Yeah. Traveling can be like a job where you're constantly researching Airbnbs or hostels or the local bus or a flight. Like we were spending so much time like planning the next three days that you didn't even feel like when you were in the three days, you're really getting to enjoy it. And so learned a lot about that. Also, just like it's so important to just have a good night's sleep and to have reliable internet, know where you're going to work so that you can just be as efficient as possible. If I can get my work done for the day in three hours, because I had an amazing sleep and I knew where I was going to work and the internet was good. Amazing. Get me to the beach. Like I am not here to spend the whole day in this Airbnb. I like, can't wait to head to the beach this afternoon and do volleyball or slack line or swimming, whatever it is. But that's also really important to mention is that if you like have a stable environment, then you can actually enjoy the environment outside of your stable working environment more. Right. Um, so you mentioned something that was extremely important, you know, in the age of TikTok, it has taught me so many things. I had seen this TikTok with this lady who in the middle of the pandemic, just right before everything shut down, picked up everything, moved to Mexico and started working remotely. Um, the biggest thing is Wi-Fi. You know, I think if you're trying to move and go somewhere, at least do research on making sure that place can provide Wi-Fi, finding that coffee shop that provides the free Wi-Fi or whatever the case is, how are you going to work? I think that's really important to emphasize because you didn't just pick up and move and not have any Wi-Fi. Like, you know, that was an important factor of your job, being able to connect with people. So if anyone's listening and they're super inspired and they think they're just going to, you know, throw a dart on the map and say, this is where I'm going to go, just Make sure you got your coffee shops with your Wi-Fi going. Make sure your hotel or your Airbnb can provide Wi-Fi or however. Um, That leads into my question that I have is in terms of stay, um, how is that like for you in the beginning versus now? You know, what would you recommend uh, someone who is thinking about becoming the slow man? Well, a lot of it will be dependent on your budget. So when we started four or five years ago, I wasn't making much money. Like when I started my freelance journey, it was very much about working from anywhere. I reduced my costs as much as possible. All those little frills that I was doing before, like Ubers everywhere or expensive cocktails every night or buying clothes all of the time, all of these things I just cut. And even though now I'm making more money now, I'm like not going back to spending my money that way. Like I really just appreciate the value of a dollar now that I have to make it myself. So it's really changed my relationship with money. But at the beginning, you know, we stayed in a lot of hostels. We would get private rooms, but we'd be in these co-living environments. And so one thing I would encourage people to check out, there's a brand called Selena with an S and they have co-working, co-living locations like all around the world. And that's a really good landmark for you in terms of, you know, maybe finding a place near there or actually staying at the Selena. They all have co-working spaces where you can get a password for the day with high speed, fast internet meeting rooms, all of that. So that's like a great resource. And it's a chain where you can just like see anywhere in the world. I would say that. And then, you know, we kind of do a hack where if we're going to stay somewhere for multiple months, it's really hard to figure out from a distance how good the Airbnb is going to be or how good the Wi-Fi is going to be. So we actually like plan the first week to just be somewhere. And then we make appointments and we message people on Airbnb and we say like, hey, can we just come see it? That solves for two things. One, you can go in and like you immediately do like a speed test on your phone. We're so ridiculous. We'll be like, can we just connect to the Wi-Fi? 
by one second. We'll like connect. They're like, do you want to see around anywhere? We're like, no, no, this first. And then if it's bad internet, we're like, we're good. And then we leave. (laughs) So it solves for being able to actually do internet speed tests. And then two, you can get way better deals off Airbnb. So Airbnb takes a significant cut. And so if you meet up with the person, it's a little bit unethical, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You just meet up and you say, Hey, can we just like work out a cash deal and you can often get a better price. So those are some hacks that we've been using. Yeah. Airbnb does that now. You know, I found out recently they do uh, Wi-Fi tests. You're able to test the strength of the Wi-Fi before you go into the Stop. That is definitely a pandemic innovation. I was just like, this is insane. (laughs) I love this. Where was this a few few Airbnbs ago? Huge feature. Yeah. I love that um, Airbnb and all those other resources, they're kind of getting with the times to know that we want to be remote workers we want to do anything anywhere give us these 30 day times for um like picking out and reserving a spot give us the the freedom we want and still have structure like i love that this is happening i'm so excited we actually have four minutes left on this zoom i just want i didn't want to cut you off or have there to be any like you know um frivolous things so i wanted to get the last couple of questions in if anything Um, So I would say what advice would you kind of give someone that is still stuck on this idea? Like they have the fact, the accessibility to the remote world, to the remote life, but they can't, they just can't make that last step. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that, you know, I've seen people get really excited about the idea, but then there's, it's so easy for your brain to focus on why it can't work, right? right? We naturally want to protect ourselves and naturally protect ourselves from things that can go wrong. And our brains historically have helped us do that, right? It's how we've evolved. It's how we've like, you know, stayed alive as a species. So first of all, just know that if you're finding yourself focusing on what can go wrong, that's normal. You have to intentionally shift your mind to what can go right. And I think that's just helpful in any, in any environment, right? Like when my partner and I decided to do long distance, he was really focusing on what could go wrong and all these things. And then we're like, let's focus on what could go right. right. And in general, just like having that mindset is helpful. And then know that everything's solvable. Like I have a cat And a lot of people will use, you know, their pets as a reason why they can't make it work. You know, we solved for that. I own my house, you know, well, what am I going to do? I have my mortgage. I have to play for both places. I have someone staying in my house right now for three months. My grandma has my cat for a couple months, (laughs) my car, you know, I canceled the insurance for the three months and I found a place where I could park it for a hundred bucks for three months. All of these things are solvable. So if you're coming up with all of these reasons why it won't work, just like know that's normal, but know that there are thousands of people every day who are doing this, who have figured out solutions to these things. So just know that it's possible and it might require some creative brainstorming. I didn't know how I was going to solve for the cat or the car or the house or all of these things before, but sure enough, we figured it out because we were committed to that vision. So focus on what can go right. Oh my gosh. I got to book a flight. You do. You really do. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Um, Belly, do you have uh, last standing questions we do before we do our uh, outro? Um, honestly, I don't even think I have any questions. I'm just really inspired. Like 
I have always uh, wanted to make traveling part of my living. And even when you're speaking, I'm thinking of ways that I can work around what I have to deal with right now. So just thank you. I'll just say thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love this. I love this so much. And because we have less than a minute, I would love for you to promote your amazing, amazing podcast where our listeners can reach you and hear more of you. Yeah, I would love that. I have a podcast called Freedom Lifestyle. What's your free is the tagline. And you can hear everything from my freedom lifestyle journey to how I actually started it. I have a mix of solo episodes and also guests. So you can either hear more about my story and some tactical (laughs) tips like, you know, how to make a full-time income on Fiverr or how to get paid to give advice Or you can listen to some of my interviews where I reach out to other freedom seekers who are all doing completely different things, but all united around that desire to have a flexible lifestyle. So you can get lots of inspiration and tactical advice from other people doing it too. Wow. Love it. I can't wait to tune in. I can't wait to listen to all seasons and binge them, guys. She has a new season coming out, which I'm super, super excited about. I'm so grateful to have found you, really, because I needed to hear this. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Um, Don't be afraid to check out her podcast, guys, because I will be uh, subscribing after this is done and listening for some tips and tricks myself. Right. Thank you again. And if you guys need her social media platform or handles or the link to her podcast, view our description. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.